Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive and Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Welcome to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today from a bone-chilling Fargo, North Dakota. It is a great pleasure to have you with us this morning. Uh, looking forward to an absolutely fantastic show today. And it's just a pleasure and an honor to be with you and to spend a little bit of time with you this morning. Let's begin our show this morning with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dearest Lord Jesus, you guide everything according to your ways, whether you desire it or you allow it. Either way, it's for our good. See, Help us to see in this day whatever it is that you have planned for us, every encounter that we'll have, every person that we'll meet, something that is intended by you for our good, whether it be joyful or a struggle or sorrowful, and guide this show and make it uh, do your purpose and your will in every single thing so that many souls can come to know you more and to receive the love that you have for us this day. We ask this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Morning, Gregory. How you doing, brother? Good morning. I am doing pretty well this morning, despite, like you said, the cold. It's like 34 below is the real feel. That's way too cold for me. Are you, it, it is really like the windshield factor deal is 34 below? Yeah. Wow. It's really cold. Well, that is really cold. But yet, you know, we are, we are warmed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't affect the temperature, but it does affect the soul. So we'll, true, we'll take true. it. What's on tap, brother? So coming up this morning, uh, it's Straight Talk with Father Charles LaCroix from 930 to 10. So you can start thinking up your questions for Father and then be ready to call in or post them on Facebook. And when the Saints go marching into Shanley High, High School in Fargo, they'll be looking to reclaim the champion title in the Know Your Faith competition and head back home with the trophy. Can they survive this year's Bible boot camp? We'll find out as we visit with Father Dominic Bauck and Ali Schumacher of St. Mary's Central High School in Bismarck. And we have the fullness of faith as Catholics, but are we missing something? Are there things that we can learn from other denominations that can help us live out our faith in a better way? That's the question we'll pose to Dr. David Anders, host of EWTN's Called to Communion. All this and much more coming up this morning. Outstanding. It looks like it's going to be a good show today. I mean, it always is, but Father Charles, anytime you get Father Charles time, he's, he's the chaplain at Shanley High School, so can we possibly get him and Father Bauck on at the <laughs> same time so we can, like, we can start the competitive juices for the Bible boot camp, Know Your Faith competition, get started a little early? Guess we'll have to, I'll have to check with my boss. <laughs> that would be great. I'm a, I'm a competitive person, you know, so I, I, I can't, I got to imagine Father Charles is. And if, if you are thinking about calling into the show today, I'd much rather have wonderful faith conversations. But at the same time, Father Charles is originally from Detroit. 
And I know he's a Detroit Lions fan. So if we get some, you know, even some Vikings fans to call in and give Father Charles a hard time on the fact that uh, he is a oh, pitiful, pitiful Detroit Lions fan, uh, that would be great as well. But not only do we have the, uh, the weather going for us as, as an obstacle here up north, um, but there's a lot of things going on uh, in our church, in our world, that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later as well. I'll have a little bit of a chance to talk to you uh, about some of the things that are going on after this uh, first segment here that we have. Uh, I guess there's some legislative issues that are going on in the state of Wyoming uh, that we'll get informed about uh, and understand a little bit better. Um, this is going to be a continuous important thing, and I've had many conversations with good Catholic uh, men and friends of mine who are wise to remind me that uh, politics and leg legislative issues uh, certainly are not the most important thing and are certainly not um, you know, inherent as a part of the content of the positive faith or the gospel itself. But at the same time, uh, we are called to be active citizens and take an active role in the marketplace of ideas uh, that we, all of us as citizens, when we decide how is it that we are going to organize our lives together, uh, you know, both people like us who have a strong affinity and love for Jesus and those who do not. Uh, we're all part of one society, whether we're citizens of Fargo or Pierre, South Dakota, uh, or Casey, Wyoming, whether we are citizens of Minnesota or North Dakota or even the broader United States, uh, we all have to come together and, and... Oh, he is, Deacon Mike. Yes. Welcome to Real Presence Live. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm, well, you know what? I'm cold. I, <laughs> I cannot express to you exactly how cold it is because my lips can't move fast enough anymore in order to make that happen. Is it that cold down there? I don't, I, I'm guessing it's probably not as cold. I know it is a little chilly this morning, but uh, probably not as cold as where you are, so... Well, you know, some of us just, you know, have a little bit more uh, in, intestinal fortitude and, and stamina. We'll, we'll take on the cross of the colder temperatures so that you can live in a, uh, a banana belt kind of region down there in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never quite heard it uh, put that way, but I'll, I'll think about that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty good at making stuff up, Deacon, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll just roll with that. Uh, again, welcome, and it's great to have you. Uh, you're here. You are the legislative liaison for the Diocese of Cheyenne. Can you just kind of tell us what that means and what your role there is, Deacon? Sure. So um, Wyoming is a single diocese state, um, and we have about uh, somewhere between 50 and 53, 54,000 Catholics in the state. Um, and um, my job is to, um, to represent the, the diocese, um, to our state legislature, um, and then also um, sort of reflect back in a teaching role um, to our, our faithful around the state and kind of talk to them about why some of these issues are important to them um, and, and show them sort of how our, our faith um, is lived out in, and, and how it can affect um, hopefully the common good and, um, and how that vision sort of unfolds for us. Perfect. And there's a... Uh a non-discrimination bill that is rumored uh, wow. to potentially be presented in this session of the Wyoming legislature. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I guess at first, can you just tell us what, what that is, uh, what, what that bill might be, and, and why this might be something that we want to, in, in your role, inform the faithful there in Wyoming about? Sure. So um, these these bills have been uh, brought every session since I, I began this this job in 2015, and they've brought um, one form or another of, of them um, ever since. And typically they deal with... Um, um, uh, Public accommodation, employment, and housing, um, and they are um, uh, typically titled anti-discrimination bills um, regarding uh, those uh, with sexual orientation and gender identity, um, and um, and so as we can kind of see around the country and around uh, in other countries as well, these these bills are of importance. I think they. Uh, in 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 some cases, they they're brought with very good intentions, um, but like all legislation, we kind of have to look forward and see the consequences of potential consequences that that may not be so good, and that's that's one of the the grave concerns we have is because we have evidence um, around the country that that these are problematic, uh, particularly when it comes to religious freedom. Right. So, so you know, at face value, uh, Deacon Mike. Right, like we are people uh, who, you know, claim that every person's made in the image and likeness of God. There's a, a respect and dignity about every human life. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer slam dunk that we should support something like this as Catholic Christians. Uh, what what does the the Catechism say about you know discrimination in that regard? So we have a, a basis from our faith of what we're talking about here. So the. The catechism speaking in uh, particularly uh, towards those who experience same-sex attraction, that uh, every unjust act of or, or act of unjust discrimination, that we should be opposed to that, and um, and that is a, a um, an important qualifier um, of that unjust uh, word there, and because I've actually had well-intentioned um, Catholics point to that. Uh, part of the catechism would tell me, you know, discrimination is discrimination, but that's not quite what the, the Church says. It, it points specifically to unjust discrimination. Now, what does that that mean? Well, I think, as I, I sit there and think about it, I think the Church and her wisdom recognizes um, that, you know, discrimination in and of itself um, is kind of a, a thing we do as human beings. You know, if you think about a job interview, you ever been in a job interview, as soon as somebody comes in, a candidate we're automatically discriminating, right? Are they uh, well-dressed? Are they prepared? Are they punctual? Uh, do they have a, a, the energy that may be required for the job? Do they seem to be able to work with others? We're, we're doing some of these things, maybe even subconsciously. Um, and that may seem unfair, um, but, but in reality, as an employer, you have a responsibility um, for your business to make sure it's successful. That responsibility extends to other employees, to your family, uh, to make sure that you hire the person that's going to give you a chance to, to succeed. Um, and so that in and of itself, discrimination is not necessarily, uh, you know, a bad word. It's something we do all the time. Now, how does the unjust part play into this particular arena? It's when maybe you have two candidates and they they are very equal, um, but because one happens, uh, the accident of one um, happens to be whether it's gender or race or or something like that that 
that you discriminate solely because of that, not because of any aptitude that, that it will uh, affect the job, uh, but just because of that. And that's where just one area when we're looking at um, employment, that's where the, the nuance is. And so it is a very challenging issue because it extends into housing, um, into public accommodation as well. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Deacon Mike Lehman. He is from the Diocese of Cheyenne, Wyoming. He's their legislative liaison, and we're talking a little bit about a rumored uh, possible uh, non-discrimination bill that might be presented in the Wyoming uh, legislature here coming up uh, in their upcoming legislative session. Uh, and, you know, Deacon Mike, the first thing you, th- you mentioned when you talked about unjust discrimination and, and employers, what comes to my mind immediately is the military. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> if you've joined the military, you know anyone who has, right? They take you down, they take doctors, they poke you and prod you, make sure your body works. And if you have something even as simple as asthma, you're out. They will not let you in. And that's, that's, right. that's not for the purpose of uh, being rude or mean or unfair. It is precisely because you have a physical job to do, and it's actually for your benefit, at least intentionally, um, that if you can't do that particular job or you become a, a great risk to yourself, you can lose your life on the battlefield if you can't physically do the demands that are required of the job. Uh, that's right. That, that, that's, that's ho- and I don't know if the church would use this word, but I'll use it. That, that sounds like holy discrimination uh, in, in my eyes. So I really appreciate your, your clarification there. I think that's important. You want to make a comment about that? Yeah, I, I I think you're right on with that, and and it you know it, this is such a, a broad topic, and one of the challenges, of course, is um, that when we're talking about sexual orientation and gender identity, um, there there is the, the identity or the status right that um, that can be discerned, but but we also recognize that there's conduct or, or behavior um, that is associated with it, um, and. And that that is kind of the the area that that really can lead us to some uh, challenging situations there. And it, it um, you know, if you ask a room full of people, raise your hand if if you're for uh, discrimination or you know unjust discrimination. Nobody would, say that. <laughs> you know, so we're, we're all against that. But what does it mean? What does it actually look like on the ground? And the example you use in the military is very important. You have to keep the objective. What is their purpose? What is their function? Um, it's not to be a social experiment or anything else or, you know, to be a, a place of fairness. I was in the military myself, and I can tell you that that is not it. <laughs> that was not my experience. And, um, and so I, I think that's a very good example of that. So. so, you know, what's wrong with this law in, in the sense of, you know, it's only trying to protect persons. Where does the religious liberty concern jump in? we got about two minutes or so, Deacon Mike. Okay. Um, well, you know, it's, it, it, it's in a lot of different places, obviously. I mean, we look, we look around at the different examples of uh, adoption agencies around the country that um, because of their religious belief about marriage and what is best, uh, the best environment, um, and, and uh, you know, for children, even though they may be in a city where, where there are other adoption agencies that, that adopt out the same-sex couples, they are being discriminated against. Um, because of these particular laws, and um, and so that is um, that's just one example of it, um, and and it's important to point out also that this is not a single issue that the church is weighing in on to remind people that 
you know, we just have had the HHS mandate. We have the little sisters of the poor who are still, I understand, uh, battling um, issues of being forced uh, to comply with something that is very much against our, our faith. So it's not a single sort of concern or issue. Um, and, and we need to remind people of that, that, that religious freedom is a, is a much broader concern, and this is just one area for us. So, Right, and, you know, is, is, there, is there a component, too, of trying to force us into thinking the way they want us to think? Is that, is that a concern you have, like the thought police sort of stuff? Well, we, we could see in, in certain situations and, uh, around um, the world, for sure, where that is, is, uh, is happening. That, um, and, and, and it's the other, the other point that I would just highlight briefly, is that we have to keep in mind as we're engaging in this, are there those who are forcing an ideology? Yes. If you don't see that, maybe you haven't been watching as closely, but it is true. But also recognize there are just those who are experiencing same-sex attraction, gender dysphoria, anything we say about the issue, they hear it as well. And so we, we, we have this very difficult task of engaging in um, against this ideology, but also doing it in a way that is charitable, charitable and doesn't forget to see the people that they don't want to deal, many of them don't want anything to do with politics or to be you know, used in any sort of way. They're just experiencing it and trying to uh, live according, according to they, how they see fit. And for, for, for folks who want to know, is there a website that the diocese has? You don't need to give it out, but just they, they can reach out to you for more information there. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Deacon Mike. We appreciate you coming on and spending your morning with us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. It's Bye. time. Oh, you're very welcome. It's time for our first break, but when we return, I'll have a little bit of a, a commentary, and then you're going to be able to call in as well. And later, we'll also talk with a priest and a whiz kid, as well as someone you might be familiar with named Dr. David Anders, as well as a rebuilding project at the Newman Center. We'll hear about all this and more when we come back from this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Junipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877 7950122 
I'm just struck by the fact that our radio coverage from Real Presence has reached all the way across North Dakota into parts of Minnesota, into parts of South Dakota. Most of that is rural territory. And I think that our rural communities are so very important to our church, to our diocesan families, whether it's Fargo or Sioux Falls or Bismarck or wherever we are. Our rural parishes, our rural faithful, you know, they've been there all along and they're they're so active, they're so devoted to their parishes, they're so devoted to the faith. And it's encouraging to me that Real Presence has reached out to those areas as well, because now some of those communities that for a long time didn't have access to Catholic radio, now they do. And now they have the opportunity to be part of the mission of Catholic Radio, but also to pray and, and to hear the news and to be inspired by the stories of the faith. And it's, it's wonderful to see. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the RPR network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you again. This is one of my favorite things to do is come down here and brave the bitter cold temperatures. 42 uh, degrees below zero is what I'm being told now, not 34 like we reported before. Windchill. <laughs> Gregory's like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely not going outside unless we have to today. Um, but in this portion of the show here, I'm just going to talk uh, a little bit. There's definitely a lot of things going on. Uh, it's my first chance to talk with you after the March for Life. The March for Life is always a, a great event. Um, you know, they, they deal with cold temperatures, not as cold, but for longer uh, than we have to, standing outside and just being a witness for life. And, you know, Real Presence Radio uh, through the EWTN, you know, affiliated network, has done a great job of reporting on the controversy at the Lincoln Memorial with the kids from Covington High School. I believe it's Park Hills, Kentucky that they're from. Um, Teresa Tamio, Al Cresta, uh, EWTN News Lightly have all done a great job of reporting on the situation. If you're not familiar, three groups of people, a group of Catholic high school students at the Lincoln Memorial, a group calling themselves the Black Hebrew Israelites and an indigenous peoples group were all together at the Lincoln Memorial. The uh, Black Hebrew Israelites start yelling uh, derogatory words, that's, that's a polite way of saying it, um, to both the indigenous persons group as well as the Catholic kids. Uh, one individual from the indigenous peoples group, his name is Nathan Phillips, approached one of the Catholic students uh, claiming now to be trying to defuse the situation and be a peacemaker, got up in the face of one of the students and was banging a drum. That student was uh, a male, white, wearing a MAGA hat, <laughs> um, Make America Great Again student. And so initially the, the reporting from major news outlets was that the students were um, making derogatory comments towards the uh, Mr. Phillips, the individual that was banging the drum in front of uh, the one student. I believe his name is Nathan Sandman, if I'm remembering that correctly from memory. Uh, if that's not accurate, I apologize. Um, but uh, the story was not a fabrication. 
in, in the sense that these events didn't take place. But as more details became, began to be released, it was made more and more clear uh, that it was the students that were attacked, if you will, and I don't mean obviously physically attacked, but certainly verbally attacked um, with the disparaging comments from the black Hebrew Israelites that were present as well. Um, and in, in the initial video, the student is smiling uh, at, at at least one point in the video, which makes it appear at first that there's something not quite right here. The student has since stated that he was using his smile to attempt to defuse the situation to let the individual know who approached him and start banging the drum in his face, that's Mr. Phillips, uh, that he wasn't going to be intimidated or wasn't going to escalate the situation. Um, I put myself into that young man's shoes, and I'm sure some of you who have seen the video and have been following the story are aware, um, he was in a very bad situation in the sense of it's hard to keep your composure. It's hard to have the maturity to sit there and do the right thing. And what he said in his statement later, his written statement on what took place, was that he had a right uh, to be at that place and that he didn't need to be intimidated or pushed off and that he was silently praying that the situation would not escalate. And I'm a 38-year-old man. I have nine children. <laughs> uh, I've certainly had jobs that have challenged me and, and caused me to do things that I thought at the time were beyond my capacity to do. I cannot express how impressed I am with this young Catholic man. This young man sat in a situation that I can't imagine what I would do at 38, let alone doing it as a child. This guy is a child. He was there on a high school field trip and he maintained his composure and had enough of a relationship with Jesus Christ that in the moment when he was uncertain of what to do, he decided to stand his ground and pray. I cannot tell you how impressed I am with this young man because the bottom line is, I don't know how I would have reacted in that situation. But I think the way he acted was literally the best case scenario. And I, as a 38-year-old man, can look at this young guy and be inspired and encouraged. But wow, if you simply do something as simple as increase your love relationship with Jesus on a daily basis, and I don't know, I'm sure this guy is disobedient to his mom. I'm sure he doesn't do the dishes when he's told. I'm sure he doesn't clean his room. He's a high school child. But he acted in a way that was no doubt in my mind an example of an exceptional way to behave in a difficult situation and just like Jesus did in the garden, asked for God's help when he was in need. And I'm not sure if I would have had the capacity, the spiritual and religious capacity to do what that young man did. I cannot express to you how impressed I am with that young man. And if you watch the news, this poor kid's on like Good Morning America, one of those morning TV shows. The kid looks scared. I mean, honestly, he looks in his face visually scared. I can't imagine what I would be like if I was 17 or 16 years old, however this kid is, being interviewed 
for national media, good morning America type TV shows. And he sat there and they asked him, don't you think you should apologize? I have nothing to apologize for. What an outstanding young man. And you know what? What's, what's to me kind of lost in all this? What a great job his parents and to, some de- to a lesser degree, the school officials that have been a part of that child's life. The parents in that school have helped form that kid to be an exceptional young man. And that, that should not be in any way, shape, or form forgotten about. Uh, I, I just, I can't express enough what I think about this guy. Um, I don't know if Nathan Phillips wants to meet him or not, but I sure would love to, uh, to sit down and have coffee with him. And Lori Cupid Snow is only one person on planet Earth until this episode had permission to date my children someday. This guy doesn't know it, but he has permission to date any one of my daughters as long as uh, they're over 18. <laughs> That's a few years away, so he needs to, uh, to, to not, not attempt to do so before then. But just what a great, great young man. We, we as Catholics can all learn something uh, from this guy. Um, no, no doubt about it. Uh, just so absolutely pleased uh, with him. Uh, Greg, are we, we going to have to break? Are we going to go straight into the, uh, the, the straight talk segment? All right, outstanding. Well, I hope that uh, you can take away something from this young man. There's no doubt. Um, he's just, it's incredible what this young man's went through. And again, he's a child. Whatever you think about what's going on in the, in the situation. This man is a child. He didn't ask for this. He went on a field trip with his, with his high school. Uh, and, he's, and he's all teaching us how it is that we can live better, more Christ-centered lives. And um, yeah, if I ever get a chance, so I'd love to. So, all right, Gregor, let's hit it. Let's move to straight talk. All right, well, welcome to Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to share your questions and comments relating on topics of faith or things that are happening in the world around us. We get to do this opportunity with local priests and, and hosts here. Uh, there's nothing wrong with calling Catholic Answers, but, you know, it's not every day you get to talk to Father Charles LaCroix, who's the chaplain at uh, Shanley High School. Woohoo! Uh, and uh, you can call at 877-795-0122. You can also send your questions or comments to us on our Facebook uh, page at uh, Real Presence Radio. We absolutely love to hear from you. And if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. I am really good at not shutting up. So I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> Father Charles is committed to the truth. He's not a member of the mainstream <laughs> media, so he will tell it like it is. He will give you the facts and only the facts. Father Charles, welcome to Real Presence it's Radio. It's good to be here. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, we're not, you know, Catholic Answers Live, but... Uh, I must confess that after Jesus, Dr. David Andrews is my hero, you know, so yes. he's great. He's awesome, and he's very gracious, and um, he knows his stuff, so it's great, great to be a Catholic, great to be a part of the, the family, the Church of God, and uh, yeah, I have to echo what you just said about the Covington situation and, and the young man showing grace under pressure, not only at the moment of the controversy, but also later on, you know, when he's being interviewed by all these uh, top networks and everything, and very great. And his parents, uh, outstanding job, obviously, in raising him. And um, <laughs> I, th- I think you pointed out well that they were just kind of minding their own business, uh, you know, sightseeing, 
and uh, taking in all the experiences of our nation's capital after the march there and there at the Lincoln Memorial where, you know, the Lincoln Memorial is a testimony to how we're all created equal yeah. and ironic. And uh, then you had that one group uh, sending epithets towards the young men. And then this older gentleman, uh, Mr. Phillips, he, like you said, he got in, in the personal space of these young men. And what is the young guy supposed to do when somebody comes and starts banging a drum in your face? And I thought he handled it well. He smiled. He tried to defuse the situation and um, yeah, he doesn't have anything to apologize for. And, and also points to the fact that so much of the media runs uh, to rash judgment before they know any of the facts and twisting and turning all kind of things. And here's the guy, the guy in the story that's a hero is this young man, and they make him out to be the villain. It's just unbelievable how this happens. And that's why I appreciate uh, Catholic Answers, uh, like we mentioned before, obviously why we appreciate Real Presence Radio and just to get the facts straight, try, try to have a level head, look at the facts, and let the facts determine what conclusions we make. So, yeah, hats off to that young man, their, uh, the family, the whole family, and you know, people in the media. There's some that uh, held their fire, you know, before and then uh, before they knew the facts, and then once they knew the facts, then they reported on it. So, you know, not all media is bad, and but a lot of them are. So. I think it's a good lesson for all. And I am uh, hopeful, and <clears throat> my heart is uh, warmed by the fact that some uh, in the media have even kind of retract their statements, you know. So that's that's hopeful. Not all of them have, but some of them have, I, I believe. So that's that's good to know that, you know, it takes humility to be able to do that, to say, hey, you know, I was wrong, I, I made rash judgment, and now I want to correct the, the record. So... Uh, yeah, just I think it's a, you know, the Lord always pulls good out of a bad situation, you know. So I think a lot of positives have come out of this, and you know, uh, I I think, and we pray that the the Covington community there, uh, the Catholic school there, will just kind of love and support each other more now than ever before, and they could be a lot stronger on the other end of this than they they were going into it. So yeah. the Lord has plans. Absolutely. He's a great multitasker. Uh, <laughs> much better than we are. Uh, if you want your chance to call in and talk to Father Charles LaCroix or ask him any question of faith or morals or what's it like being a chaplain at a, at a Catholic high school, uh, if you want to know what the secret plans are to destroy uh, the other schools that are going to be in the Know Your Faith competition. Yes. <laughs> I think the, also the word to use is annihilation. Annihilation, yeah, right, annihilation. right, right. I like it. I like it. We're going to turn them, not ex nihilo, right? But what, right. Would, what, what would it be to, to make them to nothing? It'd be reverse ex nihilo. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I better be careful because I think your next guest is uh, one of my favorite priests, uh, Father Dominic out there at St. Mary's. and so well, we don't need to say anything nice about them until after the competition. That's true. See, yeah, that's, see, that's yeah. So you're. <laughs> when, There's a lot of smart young people that participate in this thing. So, well, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm sure, but let's be honest, right? Like you, you think Shanley's going to win, right? Well, uh, yes, I do. Right, right. Yeah. So if you disagree with Father and want him to uh, to be corrected on whether or not the Shanley kids are going to win, you can call in eight seven 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 nine five zero one. That's 877-795-0122. You can also post your question for Father on Facebook at the Real Presence Radio page as well. 
See, you're talking about humility, right? Yes. These, these, these it's, boats, the lynch, it's the right? linchpin virtue. Right, right. So you only have to be humble after you've destroyed them, Father. That's See true. See how that works. Yeah. So for now, we can, we can engage in gentle Catholic banter and good competitive fire right. until you destroy them. Then we'll bring forth the humility. Then... We are so gracious. We had such great opponents. Yes. They're so wonderful people. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. What yeah. if you lose, though? What, what happens then? Well, the, the, then you, you, you can be humble whether you want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you ha- you're forced to eat the humble path. Exactly, right? exactly. Whether it's your flavor or not. So, um, but, you know, the, the, the Covington thing has really hit me hard, Father. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, the bottom line is these are children, Right. right? Like, when a news organization puts out a narrative without, quote-unquote, checking the facts, right. right? You're doing it against children. Right. Right? And it's bad enough to do it against adults. That's my who point. Are, who are rational and can think for themselves, and their brains are fully developed, you know, yeah. and, and such. But, uh, yeah, young people, yeah. It, it's uh, not good. Not good. Well, it, it, again, it just it, it boggles my mind what... They don't even think our children are, in some way, shape, or form, sacred. Right. And we've got Jake from Grand Forks. Jake has a comment on the Covington stuff. Jake, I appreciate you. Welcome to Real Presence Live, brother. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, just a point uh, to make here. I think arguably the biggest tragedy out of this whole thing is the school and the diocese threw these kids under the bus yeah. without right. knowing the facts. Right. They said they all didn't have to they said right away, well, we apologize for what we do. We apologize for what they did. Right. And I think that they abandoned those kids when they needed them the most. And shame on them. Yeah, Jake, I think you make a good point that, again, we need to know the facts before we comment one way or the other. You know, so uh, to know whether to, to support these young people or not, first you have to know the facts and what happened. And then, then you can make a, a logical you know, statement based on what actually happened. But when when you use the, let's say, the mainstream media as your source of information, you might not be getting the complete picture. So always have the complete picture before you make a statement about a, a situation as volatile as this one. So, and that's a good lesson for all of us in in our lives because how many of us are prone to gossip? I know I am, you know, and so... Let's know the facts. Let's always give people the benefit of the doubt. And even if you know the truth about something that maybe some, uh, something sinful that someone did, you know, we have to guard against uh, detraction. We have to guard against calumny. We always want to afford somebody their good name. And so, only, you know, sometimes news is necessary to pass on for safety or for, or for whatever reason. But Everything that you know is not necessarily available or should be available to pass on to other people. So always, again, the default should always be try to uphold the good name of others and their reputation. And if that's your starting point, then I think you're going to be okay. Well said, Father. If you want to call in and talk to Father Charles LaCroix, the number is 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. You can also post your question on the Real Presence Radio Facebook page. And, and I don't disagree with Jake at all, but I would say this. We wanted the diocese and the school to give the benefit of the doubt to the students. 
Yes. Let's do exactly what Father Charles LaCroix just asked us to do and also give the benefit of the doubt to the school mm-hmm. and to the diocese. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they knew at the time they knew it. Right. And again, I'll admit, doesn't look good, but let's do the same thing to them that we want them to do to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have learned from this one thing. I've never been a huge, like, trust the media kind of person. But after this, after this Covington deal, if a meteorite lands in my backyard and CNN reports <laughs> that a meteor hit my backyard, I'm going to question it. Uh, that, is, that is just absolutely where I am at my level of trust. <laughs> And to add folks. to the story, you were the one that reported to CNN. <laughs> a meter, hey, CNN, a meter has just landed in my backyard. Okay. Uh, you see but I, but I, I can see where it was so widespread reported that you would assume that what was being reported was true because it was so widely accepted. Right, right. I, I can see, again, I wish they had waited. They should have waited. Hindsight's twenty twenty. However... Give them the benefit of the doubt uh, as well. That's how I was always interested in how it all started because the only, I mean, the footage that I've seen is the young man smiling, this older man kind of right in his personal space, banging the drum. Okay, so how did all that start? And it started by the the man with the drum walking over to the right. young man. So it wasn't as if the young man and his friends went over to the old the older man. Right. It was reversed. They were in their space. He walked over, got in their space, and then that's where it started. Yeah. And so what, and, what are you supposed to do if somebody gets right up in your face? I think he right. did the wise thing, just smiled. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, all right, so we got Bill from Moorhead. He's got a question for Father Charles about experience. Bill, welcome to Real Presence Live. Uh, Father Charles, hi, how are you doing? Good, good, Bill. Thank you for calling. Listen, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I really, it's kind of embarrassing to talk about this, but you've been in a similar situation, and I was there too at the abortion clinic in Fargo. Correct. You remember? Yes. And what was your advice after the whole thing was over about the best way to handle a situation like that? I remember if you don't. Well, uh, did it involve prayer? No, it involved uh, singing. Oh. Which is praying remember, twice. But do you remember what you said? Something to the effect of, if you just sing a song, who could argue with that? And that diffuses the situation. Right, right. And I agree and, with uh, that. That was your advice. And there's one other bit of advice that I got from uh, another, uh, actually a family member who's been involved in similar situations is, a good way to deal with the situation is to actually to sit down, yeah, and put yourself below the uh, the other person, so that you're not. Uh, I, it, it has something to do with with diffusing the situation. So that's another that's another idea is just to sit down. I, it seems like it's kind of dangerous, but. But uh, I was told that that works, too, to actually just sit down and, and put yourself below the other person. And, and uh, you know, it's a, that posture is actually a, a posture of non-combativeness. So you're not signaling to the other person that you're ready to be aggressive. You're, you're sitting down. So I could see that yeah. on the face of it. So, I mean, within just a few moments, what was the situation for our listeners at the... 
abortion facility? Yeah, thank you yes, for yeah, thank you for asking that question, Nathan, because uh, we're out there praying at the abortion facility, and somebody was very, very aggressive and up in our face, and very combative, and so part of our being out there was vocal prayer, but also singing. So I think I just started singing, <laughs> you know, like a hymn, and. How can you argue with that? You know, right? Uh, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And what are you going to say about that? Yeah. I mean, if somebody's <laughs> no, really. If somebody's singing that, yeah. And what do you? How do you respond to that? So, I think that kind of diffused the situation. And there's something about. And I don't know if I, I was singing well. Uh, so, <laughs> hopefully, I was carrying a tune. Because if you don't, that could have the reverse effect. But anyway, so, but, it, you know, a, a nice melody can serve to disarm the situation. So, so and and then, uh, as I kind of quickly comment to Bill, singing well is praying twice, as St. Augustine is allegedly have said to have stated. So, yes, I think, uh, you know, prayer and I think uh, this young man was actually praying inside, like in his heart. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, see, yeah so, that's what he said. He said it was silently praying. And that's a the, great, yeah. anytime you're in a very difficult situation, an internal prayer to the Lord is exactly what you need yeah. to do. Yeah, that's the Garden of Gethsemane situation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, well, I think a lot of us that have been at some type, time or experience out in front of the abortion facility enough times you experience a, a gamut of situations. So in some degree, especially you, Father, can relate to what the Covington kids experienced. And you kind of pick up right away whether somebody actually is asking a question out there to want to know the answer or just to be aggressive. And if it's to be aggressive, no matter what you say, even if it's the most logical and airtight and cogent argument that you can possibly make, they're not going to listen. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I remember one gentleman, he just wanted to be argumentative and I just kept repeating, I think we can love both the mother and the child. And then whatever he said, I said, yeah, I think we could love them. So I, I, and then and I would just say, I think love is the answer, you know? And so yeah. what can you say to me if all I'm saying to you is, I think love is the answer. You know, yeah, what are you supposed awesome. to do? Cock me on the head? Yeah. You know? <laughs> what do you mean love is the answer? Take one of these. Okay. Yeah. So, Well, thank you, Bill uh, from Moorhead for calling in. And if you want to get in on the conversation, we'd love to have you. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Uh, I have been given double birds uh, uh, out at the abortion facility, mm, yeah. and um, my my. We're not response, talking about two pigeons to offer sacrifice, well, right? You you. <laughs> I love Catholic humor. That's outstanding, right there. <laughs> uh, no, I was not given the double pigeons, um, but I I did respond back to the to the person because she she came and confronted us. Then she came back again, and mm -hmm. I think they have a, like a drop slot or something at that time. Mm-hmm. And she dropped an envelope in the drop slot, came back, gave us the double pigeons, and said, every time I see people out here on the sidewalk, I make a donation to mm. the abortion facility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I said, well, thank you very much, and, you know, Jesus loves you too. <laughs> and uh, she said something effect of, well, I don't, I don't think Jesus exists. Right. And I said, well, that's okay. He loves you anyway. And then she double pigeoned me again and, you know, went walking on her way. And again, that's what, you know, you want to argue with whether or not Jesus loves you or not? 
Uh, that's kind of a hard thing to do, but just it's a it's a polite way mm-hmm. of, in a sense, demonstrating it, you have a a right or or a certain thing that you're standing up for right. here. But all uh, all we're here for is is to share the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ with other people. And we have to remember that people that are aggressive and are very truculent and combative, they are wounded, you know, because right. if, if everything was wonderful in their lives, they wouldn't react this way. They would, even if they disagreed with you, they would uphold your dignity and uphold their own personal dignity. But remember, wounded people wound others, yeah. and hurting people hurt others. And so we, all, we always have to have a, a sense of uh, empathy, I guess you could say, for people that are, that are not at peace with themselves. And so... Yeah. You know, always keep that in mind. There are brothers and sisters in in the Lord, and you know, if your blood brother or sister, your biological brother and sister, would get in your face, and you knew that they were hurting, and you knew that was coming from a place of a wound, you'd deal with it differently than you do with yeah. a total stranger. But and the the truth is that they are brothers and sisters, and we we want good for them, and we we all always have to keep in mind that they're they're coming from a place of hurt. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right, so uh, next here on the line, looks like we're going to have Leonard. Leonard is from Rapid City, and he has a question about approaching others uh, who are struggling. Uh, Leonard, we certainly welcome you to Real Presence Live. What's your question for Father Charles today? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, just a, uh, just want to give a huge thanks to uh, all you guys do. Um, I travel often for work and listen to the radio station and it's um it's a wonderful blessing. So um the question is um you know with say coworkers and uh family members even, you know, you see that they're um maybe struggling or uh stressful times for them and stuff and um and it kind of applies to the the group of people that I know um you know they're not uh either Catholic or they don't believe in even in God or anything like that. And um so in my mind I'm like, you know, if if you I kinda almost have it figured out for them and, and you know, if they did this and that and I think they'd be <laughs> a much better um <laughs> situation. But then I start to think like, well, I don't maybe you know, first of all I don't know their story. And um, so I don't want to come at them in a, a judgmental way, but how can I uh, approach them in a kind of a loving, compassionate way, um, just as you know we would read uh, in in the Gospels? Right. I, uh, great question, Leonard. And I think you know, first of all, it's all about relationship. And so you know, Jesus, when he called people, and he would say, "Come and see." So come, come and experience me first so that you can determine whether you want to follow me. And so it's all about our relationship with others, too. If they, I think it was St. Augustine that said, unless somebody feels the love of God through another person, they're not going to come around. So we have to develop a relationship with them in some way, shape, or form. That They have to know that we care about them. They have to know that we care about their eternal destiny they have to know that we care about them as a human being whether or not they're an atheist or an agnostic or whatever 
And once they know that, once they know that they can trust us and they have some confidence in us, then I think they will listen to what we have to say. And then they'll be open to what God wants to share with them through us. So I think it develops from a genuine concern, a genuine Christian concern that we have for them. And if they know that in their heart of hearts, then they'll be open to the message of the gospel. Yeah, and I, I think that's really good, sure. Charles. I would also say that if you have a reputation for helping people, whether it's at work or among your family, that you're not a combative, you know, self-righteous, always telling people how they should live their life, you have that reputation, people will accept your question, Leonard. So, you know, hey, looks like you're struggling with this. And then I, I always ask three questions. I, I don't give advice if I don't have to. <laughs> Those three questions sure. are, what do you want? What are you doing to get it? And is it working for you? And helping people, what, sure. what do you want in this situation, right? Sometimes people don't even mm-hmm. take the time to get in their own mind and think about what it is they want in the situation. And if they go through those three questions, right? Well, no, maybe this isn't really what I want, right? I don't want to take the time and effort to lose weight or whatever my situation is. Then you just go right back and ask those same three questions over again. And if people can leave with what they want, now they have a little bit more purpose when they leave. And they'll think you did a great job of helping them. <laughs> but all I did was ask them three questions. So any any thoughts on, on that, uh, Leonard? Yes. No, great, great. That is a, that's really good advice. Um, I think one thing that I've, I try to practice is that, uh, you know, every person, every human being is, is created in the likeness mm-hmm. and image of God. Um, so, you know, to, to try to see that first. Right. And not, uh, and, and I do admit it's hard. It's definitely yeah. hard <laughs> and, and <laughs> but to try to, to see that. And also pray for that person, you know, and also pray that yeah. you will see that God will give you the grace to see them as he sees them. You know, some people that maybe in our workplace, we really can't stand, you know, we just don't like to be around sure. them. They're not pleasant people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the hair on your neck goes up every time you have to pass by their office or whatever. But, you could pray asking God to give you a new disposition, a new attitude, a new heart towards that person. And even if that person never changes, you will, you know. And so uh, that works. That works. God can give you a new outlook, a new attitude towards that person, even if that person doesn't technically change. So that's, yeah, so pray for that person's well-being. Pray for that, you know, that person needs God to come more fully and take root into their heart and soul. Pray for that. If they need conversion, pray for that. Whatever, you know, God knows what they need, so you can just pray that way. And then also pray for your your own heart to change towards that person, that God will give you his heart for that person, and he will. So <laughs> a lot of times we make it a uh, prayer complicated. You know, just ask God for what you want and the grace that you want, and if it's good for you, he will give it to you. Amen. Any other thoughts, Leonard? Um, no, that is great. All right. Well, thank you. It. Thank you so much for calling in, Leonard. We thank appreciate you, Leonard. you being a part God of our conversation you. today. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Bye. You know, I, I get in trouble with my wife, Father Charles. Uh, on a constant basis? Well, yeah, on a regular basis. Okay. She'll say something to me like, I, I can't get the kids to listen to me like they listen to you. Uh, and so I'll yeah. say, what do you want? Well, I want the kids to listen to me. Well, what are you doing to get there? Well... 
I'm talking to you about it. Well, what else have you done? Well, nothing. Is it working for you? No, it's not working for you. So now we got to go back, right? We got to either change what we want or we got to change what we're going to do to get the kids to listen to us. And just real, I was given that advice by a pastor um, back in the day, and I've, I've just always used it. I thought it was really good. Now, does she sometimes come to you with the first two questions already answered or whatever? Oh, well, well <laughs> if it's true, then you got to say, is it working for you? Right. Like, like, is the thing we're doing actually, right that. actually working? And, <laughs> you know, oftentimes we, we, as humans, right, we do the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Yeah. That, that generally doesn't work. So we've right. got to readjust either what we want or what we're doing right. to get there. Um, Life is full of adjustments. Did you notice that? Uh, well, um, I'm, it's kind of like a football game. You know, if something's not working in the first half, make adjustments at halftime. Well, Father, yeah. i got to be honest with you. You're not a great example in this regard. You are a diehard Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, something's not we working. Are, we are, yeah, something is not something working. Is We're not hoping working. you would change. It doesn't matter how much. Uh, an exorcism needs to be performed. <laughs> That's what we need to do. I'm thinking of calling up the Detroit Lions and saying, hey, let's try prayer, huh? Well, do, do the Lions have a Catholic chaplain on staff? That's a good question. Yeah. Do you see where the angle I'm working here? I, I see where uh, I see some uh, when, future endeavors. Right. Here. When when you, I'm not going to let you. They out. can fly me out on their private jet if they want to on weekends. That's up to them. A, a private jet made by the Ford Company? Would you trust that? Well, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> a know? great question. No. Well, because my my thought is. We don't want to get rid of you here. I've, I've got nine kids yeah. that haven't gone through Sullivan Shanley yet. Right. So I need you to stay there okay. until little Brianna graduates. Okay. okay? Yeah. Then I don't then know. That can exactly, be the Lions chaplain. Right. Then, then in your retirement years, you can go and be the chaplain for the Detroit Lions. Right. And by that time, you know, Barry Sanders will have grandkids. Yeah. So maybe those kids will be playing for the Lions. And between the Lord, yeah. Barry Sanders' grandkids, and you, yeah. you see where I'm going with this? I do. It's a yes. new era in yes. Detroit football. Yeah. I'm getting fired up, and you know I'm I'm ready for any contest, including including the Know Your Faith contest coming up next week. And right. I know you got uh, Father Dominic coming up here, but uh, well, it's going to be a great battle because last year Sacred Heart of East Grand Forks won it all. And yeah. Out of the blue, they they were really good. I mean, they didn't take any time to answer the questions. They were the first to get their questions in, and I think they answered correctly. I think fourteen of the sixteen questions or something like that. They were they're pretty dominant. They well, were pretty dominant. Are there are there any shots you want to fire at, at the good father before he comes on, or do you even want to stay on to give those shots in person? Because you're a man of integrity, father. No, I mean and, I don't want to uh, take away his shine, you know. And I know he's got a student going there, so but uh, with him. But no, I think the I think all teams are going to uh, pose a, a good a good threat to each other and um, let the best team win. I guess is, you know I I don't think God minds if we pray that our team wins. He can always say no, you know. Well, he, can always, he can always just say If no. I got in your face and started yelling at you to take shots at Father Buck, would you start singing? Uh, I might, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to do that to you. you know? Can you leave us with your blessing before we go to break, yes. Father? Yes. May the God of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of compassion, mercy, and grace bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good to be with you, Nathan. Oh, you as well, Father. All right, on the other side of the break, we'll talk to Father Dominic Bauck about uh, the Know Your Faith competition and see if he won't take a few shots at Father. And whenever you see Father Charles, get in his face, see if we can get him to sing. God bless you. <laughs> 